0: Nancy Cavey, a national ERISA and individual disability attorney. Welcome to Winning Isn't Easy. Before we get started, I've got to give you a legal disclaimer. This podcast is not legal advice. The Florida Bar Association says that I have to say this, so I've said it, but nothing prevents me from giving you an easy to understand overview of the disability insurance world, the games that carriers play, and what you need to know to get the disability benefits you deserve. So, off we go. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the disability carrier's second best policy defense to a claim, the elimination period game. The myths that disability insurance policyholders believe about ERISA and individual disability insurance and the truth. And the story of a senior principal product strategist and his struggles with the elimination period. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue. Stay tuned. Have you been robbed of your peace of mind from your disability insurance carrier? You owe it to yourself to get a copy of Robbed of Your Peace of Mind, which provides you with everything you need to know about the long-term disability claim process. Request your free copy of the book at kvlaw.com today. Ready to get started? The disability carrier's second best policy defense to a claim, the elimination period game. Do you know that the disability insurance company can deny a legitimate claim under the pre-existing condition clause or the 90-day elimination clause? I've already talked about the pre-existing condition clause defense game. Today, I'm going to talk about the carrier's second favorite policy defense. It's called the 90-day elimination clause defense. Many disability policies have a provision that will require a policyholder to be totally disabled during an elimination period. You might be asking, well, what is an elimination period? An elimination period is a period defined by the terms of your policy or plan, during which you have to be totally disabled before benefits become payable. In other words, to qualify for benefits under the terms of the plan or the policy, you have to prove that your medical condition or diagnosis renders you unable to perform your job as of the date of the disability and for the length of the elimination period. Every disability policy has an elimination period, which as I said is a time specified in your policy that starts with your last day work, LDW. Generally the elimination period matches the time you're covered by short-term disability, but I've seen elimination periods as long as a year. The bottom line is Though you're disabled, you won't start getting benefits until the elimination period runs. In the course of my practice, I've identified elimination period traps. It's crucial that you avoid these traps because otherwise you can screw up your elimination period and get a claim denial from the disability carrier. And you don't want either a delay or denial. So let's start out by, of course, getting out that policy or your plan. When you apply for your benefits, think carefully about the date you list as the date you become disabled. In fact, before you even stop working and apply for benefits, I think we need to get the policy out and start answering these questions. What does the, the disability policy say about the elimination period? Now, I want you to understand about the terms of that elimination period, but the traps that I want us to avoid are not understanding the length of the elimination period and not understanding if you can work during the elimination period. In the next segment, we're going to talk about myth-busting. And the myth that we're going to talk about today is, I don't need to worry about the two elimination period traps in my claim. It's solid. Stay tuned. So Welcome back to our myth-busting segment, the myths that disability insurance policyholders believe about ERISA and individual disability insurance and the truth. I love being a myth-buster, and I hear these myths from neighbors, friends, lawyers, insurance agents, and potential clients. And my job is to set everybody straight. So what's today's myth? Well, the theme of our um, podcast today is elimination periods. And so the myth is I don't need to worry about elimination period traps in my claim, it's solid. When you apply for your disability benefits, I want you to think carefully about the date you list as the day you became disabled, because there are two traps. First is not understanding how long the elimination period is, and second, not understanding if you can work during the elimination period. So let's talk about elimination period trap one. A few disability policies pay benefits immediately after you become disabled. But most of the time there's a waiting or an elimination period that can range from two weeks to a year even more. Before you stop work you need to know the length of the elimination period so you know how you're going to be able to pay your bills while you're waiting it out because during that elimination period you're not getting paid. Picking that, that right date to become disabled can make or break your finances. Now. Some policies will allow you to work during the elimination period and a policy provision can read like this. You must be continuously disabled for a 90-day elimination period. We'll treat your disability as continuous if your disability stops for 30 days or less during the elimination period. So that means that if you're not disabled this time won't count towards your elimination period. Now I think that's rather confusing, don't you? And I think it's equally difficult to apply. What I think that says is you can work during the elimination period so long as it isn't gainful work. Well, what on earth is gainful work? Gainful work means wages at least equal to your gross disability payment. So every day you work during the elimination period is reviewed to determine if the wage was gainful. Now, days during the elimination period that you have had gainful work do not count towards satisfying your elimination period you'll only have 30 such gainful days during the elimination period. So if you have more than 30 days, you've got to start the elimination period all over again. And that's 30 total, not 30 consecutive days of gainful work. So let's try to translate the policy language that I just read to you. You can work just so long as it's not gainful work. So I'm going to tell you the story of Jack, who, like a lot of people, were in denial, or are in denial, about their disability. Now he tried to work during his elimination period. Get out a pen and pencil, because I'm going to give you some dates. And we're going to have to do a little bit of math. Yeah, I know we all didn't go to school to become math majors, but math is what this story is about. So his date of disability was April 1st, 2015. His 90-day elimination period was from April 1st, 2015 through Um, uh, June 29, 2015. Now his benefits were to begin on June 30th, the 31st day. His disability benefits were $3,096 per month, which translates to $697.68 a week, or $17.44 an hour. During the elimination period, he tried to work, and he was paid $25 an hour. Because that rate is higher than his disability benefit, His wages were gainful. So one day he worked eight hours and he earned $200. But because his wages were gainful, that day couldn't be counted towards satisfying that 30-day elimination period. Remember, every day of gainful work up to 29 days gets tacked on to the back end of the elimination period. So if Jack had 29 days of gainful work, his elimination period would have extended from June 30 to July 27. Now carriers will make numerous errors in making these calculations and as an experienced disability attorney, I can help you catch errors that work against you. Let's talk about elimination period track two. Another policy minefield reads like this. You're disabled when Dewey Chudam Hale Insurance Company determines you're limited from performing the material and substantial duties of your regular occupation due to your sickness or injury and you have a 20% or more loss in your index earnings due to the same sickness or injury. During the elimination period, you're unable to perform any of the material and substantial duties of your regular occupation. The difference between this policy and the one above is that the clause says during the elimination period, you're unable to perform any of the material and substantial duties of your occupation. In other words, by the terms of this policy, you can't work during the elimination period. So if your employer is begging you to come back to work, you have to resist. And resisting can be a tall order if you're in financial difficulty. I've had this happen to one of my clients before. She returned to work prematurely and then had to stop working again. And she had to start all over again and meet the full elimination period. So the carrier asks, well, why did you stop working now after your doctor told you to stop working early, what I mean, what what changed medically, and the carrier might use your attempt to return to work against you. Worse yet, the very employer who encouraged you to return to work could terminate you, and that's what happened to my client. The carrier then said, "Look, um, you didn't, you weren't disabled because you were working, and your employer has let you go, and you don't have any coverage." So, the saddest thing I think that could happen to anyone is where the employer terminates a client during an unsuccessful return to work. Her coverage lapsed during the elimination period and she got nothing. The employer used this clause to not only terminate her, but deprive her of her long-term disability benefits. So the truth is that the two elimination period traps can destroy an otherwise solid claim. Next week I'm going to take on the myth of applying for your disability benefits is easy. And in the next segment, I'm going to tell you the story of a senior principal product strategist and his struggle with the elimination period. Stay tuned. Are you a professional with questions about your individual disability policy? You need the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. This book gives you a comprehensive understanding of your disability policy with tips and to-dos regarding your disability application that will assist you in submitting a winning disability application. This is one you won't wanna miss. For the next 24 hours, we are giving away free copies of the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. Order yours today at disabilityclaimsforprofessionals.com. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. I read every disability case that comes out in the United States every week, and I find that these court cases really teach me not only about the law, but how judges think about cases and the tactics and uh, strategies that carriers will employ to try to delay and deny people who have uh, disability claims the rightful benefits that they're due and owing. Sometimes these court cases read like mystery stories, sometimes they read like horror stories, and sometimes they read like a fairy tale. Today I'm going to tell you the story of James Lewis. He was employed by Oracle as a senior principal product strategist. Now he began intermittently missing work, but nothing with enough frequency to satisfy his 90-day elimination print. And Oracle terminated his employment on October 30, 13, 2017. He filed a claim for disability benefits, which unfortunately was denied. So, the 90-day elimination period for his claim began on October 13, 2017, and it ran through January 12, 10, rather 2018. So that's October 13, 2017 through January 10, 2018. Hartford Life, the disability carrier, reviewed his medical records in that particular time frame. Unfortunately, he got spotty medical treatment. He nearly didn't visit any of his treating physicians for the first 55 days of the elimination period. And his doctors really couldn't provide any objective evidence of his disabling medical condition or continuous total disability through the elimination period. So you can imagine that he was not happy when his claim was denied and ultimately he sued. And I'm going to tell you about what the court did in the case of Lewis versus Hartford Life. It's a a case out of Washington state and, the court upheld that claims denial because they found that the medical proof was not sufficient to uh, establish, based on objective evidence, that his disabling medical condition uh, kept him totally disabled through the elimination period. Now, had Mr. Lewis gotten medical care and had his doctor supported his claim, I think we would have gotten a completely different result. And of course, you would have had to have met that 90 day uh, elimination period. I know it can be really tough for people to make that decision to stop working um, and apply for their benefits. And some people will do a stop, they'll do a start, they're not sure, they want to give it their best, um, but that can potentially be held against you. And as I uh, told you the, uh, the story uh, in the last segment, I actually had one of my clients who was terminated by her employer during the elimination period, uh, notwithstanding the fact that she had tried to work had, had not been successful, got some medical care and was bound and determined to come back and work for her employer. And they ultimately terminated her during this elimination period and she wasn't entitled to her benefits. So this elimination uh, trap can really destroy a claim before it gets out of the box. Uh, because more often than not, uh, if you are still covered by your um, carrier's policy and you go back to work, you're going to start all over again with a new elimination period. And hopefully uh, by that point in time, you'll consult it with an experienced ERISA disability attorney and understand what the length of the elimination period is, whether you can work, and if so, how you can work in a way that does not result in a denial of the claim or having all those days tacked on to the end of the elimination period, having to go even longer to satisfy the elimination period. Well, that's it for this episode. If you like this podcast, consider liking our page, leave a review, or share it with your friends and family. Remember, our podcast is weekly, so stay tuned for our next episode in the coming week. Take care.